So I, um, yeah, it's just an honor to, to be with you all this morning, and uh, I want to give a big shout out to the worship team. I, let's, let's just give them a round of applause. I was so ministered to this morning by the worship, and I'm sure even those of you on Zoom, you, you feel the same way. I mean, I could just feel, and it's funny, I mean, I didn't tell them what I'm talking about today, but it, I almost felt like they were singing what I want to share, like they're singing it. And um, yeah, I, I, didn't, I never even heard that last song before. <laughs> I was like, did Jenny write that? I mean, they write songs here. Like, no, that was Christine DeMarco. I said, oh, okay. It's pretty good. Pretty good. But we write, we write good stuff. Um, so, so anyway, so many unexpected things happening in this season. And uh, I want to share a story of something that happened to me that was pretty unexpected. Um, and this was years back, right? This is when I was growing up. So for those of you that know me, I grew up, I grew up in, a, in the woods, you know, um, pretty rural community. It, it wasn't even a community. It was just me and my cat and my parents and my sister. <laughs> Literally, I couldn't see anybody, but... Anyway, it, this does factor in. So anyway, we're in, we're in our home, and there's like a lightning storm happening. And it's, it's a bad storm. You know, you're in crash here, crash there. And, you know, it's the kind of storm where your mom's like, get out of the tub. Like, you can't, you know, don't, don't go in the tub right now. You're going to get hit by lightning. And that freaks you out as a kid. You're like, what? I can get hit by lightning in the tub? Um, so, you know, I wasn't in the tub. I was out walking around my house, and literally, I'm talking to my mom, and, I, and my mom's sitting by this window by the, um, by the chimney, and literally, I hear this crack, and I see a lightning bolt shoot down the side of the house, like behind her head, like I'm looking at her, and all of a sudden, you know, it's the glory of the Lord, the Shekinah glory shining on her, and she can feel it. I mean, it's like, whoo, right down her back. Um, so it didn't touch her, but it, it, it literally came rolling down the house and, and like, went right into the ground. And so I, I go out and look, and literally there's, like, a massive hole, like, in the ground um, from this lightning bolt, right? So it, it shocked me. It was abrupt. Um, I didn't see it coming. And, um, and I realized, you know, there's a good reason why houses install these ground wires. <laughs> so literally this bolt hit my antenna at my parents' house because we had antennas. That's how we watched, you know, TV back then. You remember those days? I literally had like nine channels. Take me back to those days. Um, so, <laughs> so anyway, I, it, hits, it hits the ground attached to my antenna and, and that ground wire takes it and actually preserves the home. All right, because if that ground wire isn't there, that bolt is going to go into my house. And if I'm in my tub, it might get me. My mom was right. I looked it up on Google. Um, so that that lightning, you know, that electricity can just go anywhere in the house. It can cause a fire, cause a fire in your attic. You can do all sorts of damage. Um, so what am I getting at here? We're in a season where there's many, many things that are catching us by surprise. You know, you fill in the blank. Right? You fill in the blank. There's so many, and each of us are different, so each of us have different surprises. And in each of those moments, right, that shock of that, of that loss, whether it's a loss of your job, whether it's, you know, whether it's riots, whether you feel afraid, like whatever you've lost, whatever's been taken, or whatever fear has come in, in that place, if you're not grounded, your house could catch on fire, right? If you're not grounded, not only does it become emotional or fear-based, but your, your faith, your, your, very, your very core begins to be shaken. And, 
it's in these moments where we recognize if we truly are grounded, right? We recognize what, are we able to withstand these shocks that are coming at us? Specifically, I'm talking about our faith. And I think, I think we're in a amazing, we have an amazing opportunity to take our faith and our hope and our trust in Jesus to an entirely different level. Like, there is an opportunity for intimacy right now, unlike we've ever seen. There really is. And, and what I want to talk today is specifically about, about hope. So I want to focus in on this aspect of hope. And, and that groundedness, are we grounded in the hope of Jesus? Are we grounded in his hope? All right? Because when the shocks come, you're going to find out real quick where your hope is. And we sang about that all morning. We're talking about our hope. And I, and I believe each and every one of us has been in this process of understanding how deep, how grounded is our hope in Jesus. And I want to encourage you. That's a good, if you're processing that with the Lord, you're in a good place, man. That is a good sign. If, you, if, you're, if there's something in you saying, I need more hope, I need to connect. It's funny. There's a big sign that says hope right over here. I didn't even... <laughs> If you're in that place, that's a great place to be. I want to encourage you. That's good. That means the spirit of God is welling up in you and drawing you deeper and nearer into his living hope. So that's what we're going to talk about today. So Jesus, he is the center of all life, right? This church is called Life Center. Jesus is the life center. He is the center. Don't let anything or any situation take you away from that center. You are grounded in this, in Christ. So Colossians 1, I'm going to start there, verse 16 through 18. I'm going to read a bunch of scriptures. I'm going to try to make them as fun as possible. But we need to be washed in the word at a time like this. We really don't need a bunch of fluffy, nice stuff. Like we need the word of God to ground us in the hope of Christ. So I'm going to have a lot of scripture, okay? Colossians 1, 16 through 18. This is talking about Jesus. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and on earth. I said by him all things are created on heaven and earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones, dominions, principalities, powers. All things were created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things consist, and he is the head of the body of the church who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have preeminence. We sang that too this morning. The preeminence of Jesus. I don't tell them what I'm preaching. They just pick the songs. Like the preeminence of Jesus is paramount in this season. If we don't get his supremacy, his preeminence, we're going to lose our hope. If we don't understand he's supreme and he rules and he reigns and all things are in him and he, he's the alpha and he's the omega, if we don't understand that, we are in danger of losing our hope. And, and I'm telling you, my hope in Jesus has gone to another level in this season. And I'm not there yet, but yours, yours is too. I know many of you, yours is, is going to a new level. But it's in this truth that he is the life center that we can begin to even process what's happening around us. Amen. All right? This is the, this is the, the crux. Um, you know, John Thurlow has that song. Jesus Christ, you're the center of the universe. That song, like, is really good theology, man. That's good theology. He is the center. He is supreme. Um, 
I want to go to John chapter 1, verse 1 through 5. This is about the supremacy of Christ. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things that were made through him were made through him, and without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. In him is life. Jesus is the sinner. In him is life, which is the light of men. We have the sun, right? The sun, the sun is what our galaxy revolves around. Jesus is the light. He is the, the son of God that our life revolves around. When we wake up in the morning, it, it is Jesus who is the center. And, and so it's interesting in the season, think about what do you think when you wake up in the morning? Like, there's a lot of things to think about. But Jesus is the center. He's the sun. He's the light. He's the life. Are we thinking about that? <laughs> and if we're not, I'm telling you, there's distractions that are coming and trying to take us from the center, from the, the Christ, who is, Christ who is supreme and is overall and in all. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of the darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give light to the light of knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So Jesus is the light of the world, right, who shines, who shines forth his light in his, in his life. But that light is now found a place in the world, and it's in us. Isn't that interesting? We talk sometimes about the light of Christ, but that light is now shining in our hearts. So what is seen in the face of Jesus is now, is now ruminating. It's flowing out of us. That gives me a lot of hope in this season, let me tell you. It gives me a lot of hope knowing that the king of the universe, by his spirit, dwells in millions of Americans, in millions of people throughout the world. The king of the universe, the light of Christ, dwells in us. That gives me hope. So I want to go to Colossians 1, 20, 26 through 27. And, and this better describes what we have in us, right? So Paul is writing... And he's, he's saying, I have a mystery that's been hidden from ages, from generations to come, but has now been revealed to the saints. And here's this mystery. Christ in you, the hope of glory. This is this great mystery that they've been waiting on, that they've been searching. And Paul says, I got it. The Lord showed me. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. You see, hope is not just some external thing. It actually is Christ, and, it, and he dwells in us by the Holy Spirit. So as Bill was talking about last week, we, we have access to the greatest resources we can possibly imagine, right? So Bill was talking about our spirit and even accessing the fruits of the spirit, accessing love, joy, peace, kindness, patience, gentleness, self-control. Hope of Christ lives in you. There's nobody that can get the, the best access you have to hope is to access the hope of Christ, the spirit of God in you. That hope can well up in you. That hope will never leave you because you have Christ in you. I mean, this is like the craziest setup, right? Like, <laughs> God, you put it in us so that we could access it whenever we needed it. 1 Peter 22, verse 23. We were born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God who lives and abides forever. Incorruptible. So this seed, the spirit of God, Jesus, when he died for us, was resurrected, 
When we received him, we received the spirit, and he put an incorruptible seed in us. So no matter what is happening externally, you have an incorruptible seed internally. When we live from the inside out, I believe that's the place where hope really happens, right? So in this season, as our out external things are telling us one thing, do we have hope which only comes from the internal? If you have hope in the external, you've got nothing. That, that hope does not last. It's not living. It, it, can, it, it can only fall to the ground. And it is the grace of God to reveal dead hope in our life. It is the grace of God to reveal things that we should have never hoped in. And in this season, in this season, it's happening. If it's not happening to you, I tell you, go to the Lord. Like, go to the Lord. Because there should be a challenge in your heart during this season. There should be something where you're, real, you're saying, gosh, I've got hope in outward things and not that internal hope of Christ. Something is off. I love in Romans 8 when it says, the Spirit of God testifies that we are God's children. You know, we were kind of declaring that today, even in, in a bit in worship. The Spirit of God cries out, Abba, Father. So even the Holy Spirit, right, Christ in you, the hope of glory, the Holy Spirit cries out, Abba, Father. The Spirit of God tells you that you're going to be okay, that you're actually a son, you're a daughter, you're secure, that your hope is in Christ, it's sealed. And actually, that's what, you know, the first fruits of our salvation are the Holy Spirit. So when the Spirit of God comes, it's, uh, I'll read it, it's uh, Romans 8, 23 through 26. Not only that, but we also have the first fruits of the Spirit, even though outside we groan with ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our bodies, for we were saved in this hope. But hope that is seen is not hope, for why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope... For what we do not see, we will eagerly wait for it with perseverance. I want to pray real quick before we keep going. I want to hang on this a bit. Holy Spirit. Come right now, Father, and reveal in our hearts what you're saying, what you're doing. Reveal to us this living hope that's found in Christ, in Christ alone. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to hang on this. I want to I hang in this place. Um, I'm going to go to 1 Peter chapter 3. It, it describes hope. It describes living hope. So here's 1 Peter chapter 3. Praise be to the God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. There's a lot in this. Um, but just to even pick apart the beginning. Great mercy he has given us into a, us a new birth. All right. Keyword. New birth. So there's something related to this hope that comes in from the new birth. When you were born again. When you received Jesus. You now have a 
he calls it a living hope. There's a living hope that you now have because you were once dead and now you are alive in Christ. And how is that? It's through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So the hope we have is alive because it's, it's actually a person. It's set on Jesus himself. And y- your hope is alive because you were once completely dead and now you're alive. And you know that you will live continually because of the resurrection of Christ. Because he is alive. The aliveness of Jesus is our living hope. It, it gives us this assurance that we will get to the other side of whatever's ahead. Not even death will keep us. We are in his arms. That's what we were singing this morning. We are his. We are his sons and daughters. There is nothing. There's, there's no geopolitical, social like thing that's going to happen on the earth that's going to take you away from what Christ has already done and where you're going. We have a living hope. We have a living hope. We have a living hope. Romans 6 lays this out. Because Christ has died, we are now connected to his death and thus connected to his resurrection. This this is really good news. (laughs) I want to focus on the last part of 1 Peter 3. It says, through faith you are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. I think that's a really important statement. This living hope is way beyond even us, even our, us going to heaven one day. It's way beyond that. It, our hope is in the crucifixion, the resurrection of Jesus, but it's also in his kingdom coming in its fullness. It's also in the new heaven and the new earth. It's also in him ruling and reigning righteousness, justice over all the nations. I don't know about you, but I, I didn't hear that gospel. <laughs> Not growing up. I, I, my hope was, I, I think, too short. I think we put our hope, we put our hope for, you know, we're going to hang in there and we'll be in heaven and we'll enjoy God then. And this hope that Paul is writing, about, Peter's writing about, and Paul writes about, is way bigger than that. It is way bigger than I'm going to be in heaven one day with Jesus. It's, it is way bigger. <laughs> Y'all follow me? It, it, it is. I mean, those Left Behind series, I really don't like those. You, you watch those? <laughs> I mean, they kind of, they're just like really bad theology. Like, I don't even remember watch, but, you know, it's this, the concept of, like, oh, this tribulation is going to come, and then we're going to get out of this thing, and we'll be with Jesus. Like, that's, like, that lower-level hope that I'm talking about. <laughs> like, that's not really where we set our sights, all right? So I read the book of, well, I don't read the actual book of Revelation, but I read, like, the kids' version of the book of Revelation to my children, all right? And so... So I'm reading it to them, and it's fun to see a kid respond, right? Sometimes we just kind of get used to the book. And uh, I'm reading it to them, and they're like, they're like, wait, wait a minute. There's going to be a new city that comes out of heaven, and, and so heaven's not going to exist anymore, neither, and the earth, is, it's all going to be this new thing, and we're going to live in that thing? I'm like, yeah, that's what the Bible said. They're like, no way. And we get new bodies? I'm like, yeah. And Lilu, my, my middle daughter, she's like, can I get a princess body, Daddy? Can I get a princess body? 
Mark. You you are a princess, but yeah, I mean, I mean, your new body will be better than the one you have now. But you know, we'll see about the princess thing. Um, but I, I I'm talking to them about you know about where things are going, right? Because that is where our hope must be anchored, not just in getting out of this world or getting through this world. It really is in the the return of Christ in His rule and reign. And there's people out there. And I mean, it might be some of them. Like we, I was one of them. All right. Like I don't like the end times. I used to not like the end times stuff. Right. It's just too confusing. It's too crazy. Like you know, don't read the book of Revelation straight through to your kids. It'll it'll mess them up. You know. <laughs> I'm joking, but um, but it is kind of crazy. And but I, I'm convinced now. It, it's not about understanding all the necessary details. But it's about understanding God's big picture and where things are going. So I'm going to read to them the very end of Revelation because they need to know where things are going. They need to know what Jesus is doing. And when we have hope in those things, in what, and it, will, it will not make us apathetic. I think that's the lie I wanted to get at. It's not apathy to know where things are going. It's very hopeful, and it's, it creates this perseverance, this endurance in us that allows us to transcend moments just like this in human history because we have perseverance and endurance because our hope is not just in this life, and it's not even in, you know, us kind of getting out of here, you know, and everything being all right. <laughs> like, it really is in God's greater plan, his greater purpose, and so because we know he's just and righteous, it, it should not make us not be interested in justice and righteousness right now, okay? So we need to be interested in all those things because we are like him in the earth, and this is where he's taking things. So I want to I jump to, oh, just real quick. If you read through the Bible, right, and you, you recognize and you look at kind of all these great men and women of God, especially the New Testament, it is insane how each and every one of them, they are, they're really not even looking at their own time period, right? They're, they're not looking to achieve some sort of, you know, victory in, in you know, in Rome. They're, they were looking way beyond. Like, there's, they're living, as, as um, Pastor Bill mentioned this morning, they are living as citizens of heaven. They're, I mean, Hebrews, Hebrews 11, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Abraham himself looked for a city with foundations that the architect was the builder of God. That's where these people were, were aiming. And I really feel in this season, that's where our hearts are getting positioned. We're looking way beyond just like, you know, small level breakthroughs, even breakthroughs for our generation. We're looking at God's masterful plan and saying, God, I want to give my life. I'll give everything I have to, to, to live in you. And I'll, sh I'll, I'll carry that hope for my kids and for, you know, 10, 20 generations beyond. I, I really feel like we're getting a, a beautiful grace period to see beyond just what's right in front of us. Um, Philippians 3, our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly wait a Savior who by the pow his power enables us to bring everything under control and will transform our lowly bodies. So if you just go through these scriptures, like one after the other, citizens of heaven, a vision, a hope far beyond the present, but a hope centered in Jesus and what he's done and what he will do. All right, I got one more. Hebrews chapter 6, 
This is uh, 19. This is once again talking about hope, but it's described by the writer of Hebrews as the anchor for the soul. The anchor for the soul. So it says, this hope that we have is an anchor for the soul, both sure and steadfast, which enters the presence behind the veil where the forerunner has entered for us, even Jesus, having become high priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. The hope that we have is an anchor for the soul. And where does it go? Where is this anchor placed? Beyond the veil. The veil is the thing that's keeping us from God, right? But our hope is beyond that veil. It's anchored in this place where we have communion and connection with God. And I would say, too, where he rules and reigns in righteousness and joy and where every tear from every eye is wiped away. Our hope is in that. And you think about an anchor, right? You put an anchor out. You say, this is where, no matter what storm, no matter what things happen, your anchor, if it's in locked in deep, you're going to get to that location. You might blow around here or there, but you're anchored in. And so slowly by slowly, you are going to, to reach that destination because your anchor has already been placed there. We've set our anchor too close. We, we have to set it further. And this season is what's going to get us there. So I asked God, I said, God, give me a good example of somebody. Who's somebody grounded in, in this living hope? Like, I, I need a Bible character for crying out loud. Give me a good sermon analogy, please. And, and I, felt, I, I felt the Lord quicken to me, um, Stephen. So I want to turn um, to the, the story of Stephen in Acts 7, verse 55. So Stephen, as you know, I mean, he was, he was there with the early apostles um, and it's the spirit of God was really strong on this man. It says he was doing miraculous works in front of the people. And so he goes and he stands up and the spirit of God comes on him and he preaches, you know, this strong word. And everybody gets mad at him. They're about, they're going to stone him. They're going to kill him because, you know, he kind of condemned them, which, you know, sucks for them. But he's, he's full of spirit. He's just saying what God told him. So Acts 7, verse 55. But he being full of the Holy Spirit gazed into heaven. And he saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, look, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. That first part, he being full of the Spirit. The hope, Christ in him, the hope of glory was stirring up in him. And he saw, he saw what was actually going on in the heavenlies. He gazed, and it says the heavens were open. Which is a really interesting. The, the, I don't think the Bible up to this point has talked about the heavens being open, but we know Jesus opened them. <laughs> he was the he was the stairway between heaven and earth. And he says, "I saw the heavens open, and there was Jesus, the Son of Man, at the right hand of God. That right hand, that place of authority, that that place of of power and strength. There's Jesus." who has won the victory for us. That's what we're singing about. He's won the victory, and now he's seated at the right hand of God, and, and he's, get, he's seeing the reality of where things are going. That, that hope, I want you to see his response to that hope. Here's how he responds. Then they cried out, those, are those that were against him, in a loud voice, stopped their ears and ran at him in one accord. And they cast him out of the city, and they stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at the feet of the young man named Saul, and they stoned Stephen as he was calling on, the, on God, saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he knelt down and he cried with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. 
And when he had said this, he fell asleep. When we have, when we see God's power, when we see what he's doing, when we see where things are going, the manner of love that we can respond with is out of this world. It is out of this world because we know God's bigger. We know he's stronger. And as we're singing this stuff today, as we're talking about this, this living hope, and we're singing it, I just, this, this is what the world has to see, right? This is what is going to glorify Jesus in this hour. And I've never thought about this, but here's, here's Saul, right, soon to be Paul, sitting there watching this. Now, he has his encounter with Jesus later. Do you not think this didn't impact him in some way? This guy knew the law. I mean, he, he talks about how he had it all going for him in terms of the Jewish traditions. He, he was like the premier Jew in that, in that, you know, with the Pharisees, the Sanhedrin, like all that, that era. And he must have known this guy's got something I don't have. He must have known. His eyes weren't open yet, but he must have known. <laughs> I mean, who is this man? who is praying for those that are stoning him. What does he see? What does he know? And, and so I really believe in this season, as we come with this living hope, we, we declare the gospel, yes. We need to preach the gospel. That is a key part of this season. We need to open our mouths yeah. and share who Jesus is because this is the place where, where people have the ability to receive by faith Jesus, and then they get the spirit of God in them, they get Christ and then the hope of glory. And boy, like, that's the thing that really transforms nations right there. It's Christ and then the hope of glory. So we have to share the gospel. And, but I believe in that sharing, when we operate in this level of hope that I'm talking about, when we really put our hope and our trust in Jesus and him alone, boy, it makes our witness so much more impactful. It's going to get through the doubt. And if you're, oh, I've heard this stuff about Jesus. I've heard this. But what they're going to see the hope in us. And let me tell you, hope is becoming something that is very, very, is more desired and more recognized as being sparse than it was before. But we have a living hope. <laughs> so I really believe there's a, what's, what's the word? There's a deficiency of hope in the earth. And we, we actually have the treasure in Christ. We have the hope that the, all the nations want. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end with a, a, few, a few points because I like to make points. Okay. Um, so there's three things I want to mention that I believe happen when we are grounded in this living hope. All right. When we are grounded in the living hope of Christ, here's three things that, that will happen. Um, number one, authentic hope will is the most effective way to disperse false hope, all right? Not just, if you recognize you don't have hope, okay, that's a problem, right? But when you get authentic hope, when you all of a sudden start realizing that my love and my trust in Jesus is, is overpowering these things that have dried up in my life, you actually now <laughs> are in a position um, to get rid of those false hopes. And I'm going to call them idols, all right, because that's what they are. You put your hope in something that's not God, it's an idol, right? And it's like, oh, idols, you know, like, it sounds intense. But it, it really is hope in something that's not Jesus. And, and let me tell you, we've, we've, 
they're coming up in this season. There's idols that are coming up, and we got to smash them. <laughs> and the only way to smash them is to get your hope in God, all right? It's not to get out and try to fight them. So um, I, um, <laughs> I'll wait for this story later. Okay. So mixture, mixture no longer works in this season, all right? Mixture, it, it doesn't work. Like, you can't have your hope in multiple things. And, and when it comes up, we're going to be challenged with it. And I'm telling you, if you're challenged with it, don't be ashamed of it. Go to the living hope that you have in God. Go to that hope and go to other people, all right? We're not, you're not doing this alone. You're not just, I'm going to try to dig that hope out of me, like, by myself. No, like, we do this together. But his hope is going to oversee, supersede every idol in your life. So don't be afraid of idols, but let's trash them, all right? So when, when you get grounded in living hope, your idols get taken out to the trash. That's number one. Number two, when you get grounded in living hope, you stop outsourcing your hope. I really believe we've been outsourcing things. We've been outsourcing hope to all sorts of things, right? Politics. We've been outsourcing hope to ministries, outsourcing hope to, you know, certain streams that we're part of. We feel hopeful and excited because these things are, are good and they're great, but they're lesser things, all right? They're lesser things. We have to pursue this living hope in Christ. And so when those things come up, you know, it, it's, there's no shame. Let's just go. Let's go into it. I mean, I, I've been in this season of wrestling with all the things happening in our nation for the past eight months. I mean, I've been wrestling a lot with it and just trying to pray through it. And, um, you know, I was out with, um, I was out, my kids were trying to drive me a little crazy. I said, kids, I got to go. I got to, I got to get silent. I got to wait on God because I need him. I need this hope. I'm going to wait on the Lord. And so, so I told them to leave me alone. And I went out, we were in, we were in the Pennsylvania. I went out in the woods and I just sat there. I was like, I'm going to wait on Jesus. And, uh, my daughter Fern comes out and she's like, I want to wait with you. And I said, okay, <laughs> fine. Just come, come sit here. So we're sitting on this log, you know, and I'm, I'm genuinely am trying to, like, grasp the hope of the Lord, right? I'm feeling, I forget what I was even dealing with because there's so many things we're dealing with right now. But I was, like, you know, wrestling with it. And she sees it in me. And so after a while, we're sitting out there, and she's starting to talk to me. I'm like, don't talk to me. I thought we were waiting on the Lord together. Stop it. And then I get restless, right? And so I actually, like, I had this idea. I'm like, oh, I'm going to build her a fort. I, really, I, this really happened. So I get these sticks out, and I'm, like, building her this fort while she's sitting on the log. And she looks at me, and she says, Daddy, you're like Martha. <laughs> I kid you not. She's five. She's a five-year-old. She says, you're like Martha. I said, no, I'm not. What are you talking about? <laughs> she said, you are like Martha. You're not waiting. You're, you're not sitting at his feet. <laughs> Can you believe this? And, I mean, you, you got to get convicted, right, when the Spirit of God speaks to your five-year-old. I'm building her a fort. Like, don't you want the fort? <laughs> so, we try to, we outsource sometimes with our busyness. We outsource. We don't feel peace. We don't feel hope. We get busy. And then COVID hits, and we're like, oh, like some, oh, some of you are really busy. Like, let's be real. But others weren't as busy. And so, once again, when we get this living hope, we stop outsourcing because we don't need it anymore. We don't need these vices. We don't need these busy things. They don't define us. They're not our identity anymore. 
because we have a living hope. Last one. When we are grounded in this living hope, we become conformed to the image of Christ. This is a good one. If you've been conformed to the image of Christ in this season, if you look more like Jesus now than you did when this whole thing started, I don't care how much turmoil or crazy it's been for you, you, you have won in this season. You have won. Don't look at your bank account. Don't look at your job. Don't look at, don't look at your ministry or, or whatever you want to look at. If you have been conformed to his image, you have won. Christ has done a work in you in this season. And boy, we need it. We all need it. So I believe that in the, in, because of what we've gone through, because when we allow him to shape us, right, it's our choice. The season can mess you up or you can let it shape you. You can let God use it to shape you, all right? When we allow him to shape us, we are going to enter into this whatever's next. And boy, I don't know what's next. But we're going to enter into it with this confidence and this love like Stephen had. And I believe we're going to also enter into it with these, this conviction and this, this of, of truth, this conviction for who God is, this I'm willing to lay my life down for this truth of the gospel. My hope is so centered that I'm willing to say and do whatever God says, no matter what it costs me. I really believe you know, a lot of people live like that by choice. We're getting to live like that through the circumstance. <laughs> it still is a choice, but I'm telling you, this is, God's going to redeem this season by shaping us and conforming us into his image. And the love and the power that we are going to have, and I believe we already have, is unlike we've ever seen before. Um, worship team, could you guys, you guys come on up? Um, I want to pray into this. Everybody, could you, uh, everybody stand up, please? And um, if you're on Zoom, I want to keep you on just for a little bit. So Zoom people, I'm going to keep you on for one minute. Um, I want to pray into this. Okay. All right, so everybody close your eyes. And we're going to do something to start off. Um, and I want you to, I want you to be... I want you to be bold with the Lord right here, okay? I want us to all, and this is Zoom too, take this time, and I want, I want you to repent of any place that you have put hope, any, I'll call it dead hope, hope that doesn't lead to life, hope that's not in Christ, any places of dead hope, I want you right now to repent to the Lord for it. And I'm telling you right now, there's, it's unlikely there's anybody in this room or on Zoom that doesn't have something. I know I do. So, Father God, we, we come before you with any misplaced hope, God. Any misplaced hope that we have, and we repent, Father, for placing our hope in things that are less than you, for placing our hope in things that are temporal, in things that bring death, in, in idols, in in man-made things, God, we, we come and we repent, Lord, of placing our hope. God, we repent for letting things come into the center of our life instead of keeping you central. 
God, we want to keep you central. We want to we want to we want to honor your gospel. We want to honor what you've done in us. We want to keep our eyes set on your coming kingdom. Father God, we thank you for Christ in us, the hope of glory. Everybody, I want you to put your hand on your heart. And I want you to say, thank you for Christ in me, the hope of glory. Father, I pray we could access that hope in this season. Father, I pray that we would access your hope in this season. Lord, I pray that we would access your hope in this season. Let us not lose heart. Father God, we pray that you would expand our understanding of hope, that you would ground and anchor us into your eternal promises. Jesus, you are the anchor of our souls. Jesus, you are the hope of the nations. Jesus, you are what roots and grounds us. You are the reason to not be tired or weary. You are the living one, our living hope. In Jesus' name, amen.